Welcome to episode 65 of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Main. By day, I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By night, I'm a podcaster. If you are a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better, you're in the right place. If you would, take a moment right now to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The idea is that in order to make yourself better, we need to help the people around us. This weekend, there's a men's conference in Buffalo, New York, that keeps that scripture at its core. Pastor Kevin Maloney is one of the keynote speakers. He pastors Grace Road Church in Rochester, New York. Thanks for being here. Yeah, glad to do it. Thanks. As we are in in community together, men and women, we are very different. That's why we have women's conferences. And then we have what you are doing with Iron Sharpens Iron, this men's event. How can women in general encourage the men in their lives in the Lord? Gotcha. So so you invited me on the show to tell women how to be better women. Is that right? (laughs) Seems like a setup, Therese. I don't (laughs) know. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, I think that that there, there's a lot that should happen that's mutual, in, especially in a marriage, where men as, as leaders should create an environment where the people that are in their lives and in their homes thrive, including their wives. And so I think like one danger when you say like, you know, how can women encourage their husbands, for example, to, to be better Christians and better leaders? I don't think I could speak for all husbands in general. I, I think that you know, like in First Peter three seven, when when Peter's talking to the husbands, he says, "Live with your wives in an understanding way," and I think that the same would apply for for vice versa. That it's not all men in general that need one specific thing from women. I think that one of the graces in marriage is that you're married to a unique individual, and so so I think it's good for for wives to know their husbands. That not all guys need the exact same things, but their husbands will need certain things just like they need certain things um, as the unique people that they are. So I don't think that all husbands are the same. I don't think we we all need the same things, but there are some general things that will apply all over the place. Um, and again, most of these things are are mutual things that, that if I were speaking to the men, I would encourage them to do many similar things for their wives. One is to just pray for them. We can almost treat that like it's not a big deal today, like um, almost like the the idea of thoughts and prayers is almost like poo-pooed, like that means that you're not really doing anything. But if scripture is true, and it is, then then praying for the people in your lives is one of the most powerful things that you can do for them. So I think starting there, I, I think understanding the unique pressures that he is under, just like he should understand your unique pressures, you know, putting yourselves in each other's shoes and, and kind of understanding what you're carrying from day to day. I think that's going to be a really important element to consistently encourage leadership, to encourage courage when you see those things in him, call those things out in an encouraging way. Uh, but also don't be afraid to, to speak into his life. Don't, don't be afraid to, when, when you see a sin or a weakness or something like that, don't be afraid to wisely interject yourself there to, to help him see that, that thing that's in his blind spot and the damage that he might be doing both to his walk with the Lord and his relationships. Wisely interject gently. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's our carnal, sinful way to be like, well, if there's a problem, it's them. They are the problem. But uh, just about every time, it's it's us that needs the work. And uh, time and again in my walk, I've been shown that like, okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> you got some stuff to take care of here, right? 
Yeah. And that's, I think, just like basic Christian humility, knowing that I might see some real faults in you, but it's not because they don't exist in me. And sometimes the things that that annoy me the most about, about someone in my life are the things that do exist in me. Like I'm seeing a reflection of myself. And so I think just a humble wisdom that recognizes that, that anytime I'm going to bring up a difficult subject with anyone in my life, it's, it's not because I've got everything figured out. It's not because I'm like an order of magnitude, better kind of person than that person is. It's because we're struggling together and we both need this. So Saturday, you're going to be speaking at a men's event outside of Buffalo, New York, Iron Sharpens Iron, and you will be covering the incredibly encouraging topic of suffering. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But there is so much good stuff in learning about suffering. Yeah. And here's why, why I think it is encouraging is that it adjusts our expectations accurately. Like, I think sometimes we get the idea that if if Jesus is in my life and I'm following him, then that's going to mean that the wind is always at my back, that things will be easier for me than they would have been had I not become a Christian or had I not been striving to follow Jesus. And, and some things are like that. I mean, I think when we, we follow God's pattern for our lives, we follow his design, then we're living the way we were made to live. And so some things will just work better when we do that. But there's also an awful lot of... of wind that blows against us, um, that, that hinders us from, from being maybe what, what we could have been had we not had Christ in our lives. Like there, there, there is a downside to following Jesus that's far outweighed by the, the upside. The scripture says we were achieving an eternal glory that far outweighs all these, these light and momentary troubles that we're going through, but there are troubles. And I think one of the the best mindsets that that we can have and that we can have as men at this conference is to arm ourselves for that, to to recognize that we're going to be going through hardship to follow Jesus. And and maybe it seems that even over the last couple of years, it's gotten at least a notch harder to follow Jesus in the U.S. as Christian men than it was before. And, And let's not get disillusioned and jaded when that happens. Let's not feel like we were sold a bill of goods because we thought that you know, everything would be better day by day if we followed Jesus. Um, there are some things that are going to be really hard. There's going to be some real suffering if we're going to follow Jesus who suffered himself. But there's also a huge source for encouragement, for joy, for for real courage that we can get um, in the spirit of God and in the, the life and the suffering of Jesus to, to get us through that. The idea of iron sharpening iron biblically is that you have these two surfaces that are designed to kind of rough up against each other to help both of those things. And that way of living means sometimes we have to go to hard places with people we love within the church, within our families, within our community. How do we do that in a way that is loving, but also productive? Yeah. And I I think it's got to start with the heart. Um, It's got to start with, I have to be so consumed by the gospel that says that I'm a sinner who fell short, and yet Jesus loves me and died for me and saved me uh, from my sin, and and I desperately need a Savior, and I still always do as a Christian. Um, If I'm consumed with that, then that at least gives me the right posture when I need to confront someone else or help help adjust somebody else. Um, Because if, if I'm coming across as, or if I'm believing that I'm better than the person that I'm trying to adjust or that I'm trying to sharpen or help, then that's going to be immediately off-putting. It's just going to be the typical religious, I'm better than you kind of person approaching me for my sin. And 
and nobody's going to listen to that. I mean, we don't like to listen to that when someone approaches us that way. But but if we start with that humility that says, listen, I'm I'm just as much of a wreck as you are. I just see something here and I think maybe I could help you with this. And I know I have these things too, and I need people to help with me. That gives us the right posture. And and then I think Jesus lays out a pattern in Matthew 18 where it starts with a one-on-one conversation, um, where where we don't start with a massive intervention. We start with sitting down across a table, having some coffee and talking about this thing that we see from a heart of love. I, I don't recommend doing that in a big group to start. I don't recommend doing that via email to start. I think face-to-face across a table, uh, two people looking at one another and knowing that we're both strugglers here, but but I see something in you that needs some adjustment. I think that's the best posture and gives you the best chance of really being heard. And being able to sit face-to-face across from each other, it's like, Woohoo! Again, after almost oh, yeah. two years, and so many things changed, especially in the American church. If you had to give the church, not just necessarily your church, but the church, Big C, a rating on the past couple years, how did we do? Ugh. You know, it's it's tough to say because I think that the pressure everybody was under um, just kind of made them all a more extreme version of what they were, and so. During the last couple of years, people who were already kind and gracious, we saw them become even more so, um, where they were reaching out to people who were in need, reaching out to people who couldn't go anywhere, um, doing everything they could to serve the community. You know, especially early on when we didn't know what we were facing with COVID, um, I would give the church a solid A plus because we saw an outpouring of mercy and care, people running food to each other's homes for free, people reaching out to neighbors. Um, the the first few months really seemed like uh, a superb time in, in the history of the church because we, we loved and served when we didn't know what we were facing. Um, as time wore on, I think everybody being under pressure brought out some anger. It brought out some divisions that were probably already there, but they just got made a little bit more extreme during this time. It, it brought out some ways that we're not really good at um, at processing information and making sure that we're only speaking what's true. And and really, it brought out some real tensions between people. Um, and and you saw some ways where politics became more important to people than their walk with Christ. Um, that that being right about a political issue was more important to them than maintaining community and friendship and and unity. And then then on social media, which I know is just kind of the the loud voices that that you see, it's certainly not everybody. Uh, I wouldn't say that that the church bore excellent witness to the grace and glory of Christ during during the last couple of years on social media, at least on my feed. So now that we're back hopefully, gathering together. I mean, you've seen increase in people coming through the doors again. How can we get back to the business at hand, which is going forth, making disciples, leading people to Christ, inviting them in, serving them, loving them well? We've almost forgotten how to do it because we haven't done it in so long. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially the first few times where you're getting together with a person face to face again, it takes a little bit of extra courage uh, to to go and sit with someone again, um, you know, particularly if, if you were someone who was more cautious about COVID and maybe just now are starting to uh, loosen the precautions and just now are starting to reconnect with people in person. There There is no comfortable way to do it at first. It, it feels weird. It feel, feels awkward. But I think taking those steps, making the, the courageous move 
trying to sit down with people face to face and and you have to be proactive. A community doesn't just come to you, especially now when people are still coming out of the we need to be separate from each other kind of mindset. Everybody's got to be proactive and and look for some ways to connect with people. And if you still have to be more cautious and still can't get in in big gatherings of people, man, like find some some small gatherings, find some ways to sit down uh, across the table for coffee with someone, especially as the weather changes and starts getting nice outside. I mean, sit with someone outside at a coffee shop so you get some face-to-face interaction. It really is vital. And, and there's no easy way to restart that, but we have to. Like we, we have to restart it if we're going to continue to thrive in our walks with Christ. And even if we're just going to continue to experience normal humanity, like we, we need each other. You can find out more about the Iron Sharpens Iron event at csbministries.org. Connect with Pastor Kevin at graceroadchurch.org. If you've enjoyed this episode of Therese Talk, be sure to subscribe and look for the next episode on Tuesday morning. If you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. Did you know Family Life offers a variety of podcasts? from news to kids to faith. You'll find a favorite on demand at familylife.org slash podcast. <laughs>